Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. My name is Danielle Jackson-Dresser. And I'm Gwen Reyes. This is a podcast where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and listening to. This week, we are doing a deep dive into something super important, self-care, and all the ways we're trying to take care. We also have a wonderful interview with Kate Spencer, podcast host and author of the new rom-com in a New York Minute. We're also going to go over our goals from last episode, set new ones, and share what's been bringing us some comfort lately. All right. Yay. Oh, Danielle, yeah. I am so excited for our listeners to hear our interview. Oh, this my afternoon. gosh. Yeah. Uh, or this episode this afternoon. This afternoon for us. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Could be yeah, morning for no, them. It's such a good, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it after everyone hears it. But yeah, it was so much fun mm-hmm. to talk to Kate. She's, she's so cool. And yeah, I'm going to stop talking about it because we, yeah. we would do it in the wrong order. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so how are you feeling this week? It's been a, it, it actually, we're on schedule, but it feels like we haven't talked in a very long time. For some I know reason. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I know it's only been like two weeks, but it yeah. does feel like it's been a while. Well, I have gone all over the place since the last time we talked. So when we last spoke, I was just going to New York for a few days to go for work. Mm -hmm. And then I I did that and it was great. And it was my first trip. Well, my first like business trip. Um, I loved going really quickly. I stayed at a new hotel. I met Carney Wilson. What? Yeah. She was like staying at the same hotel as me. Uh, I walked into the hotel, like awning and she was walking out and I saw her and I like stopped in my tracks, looked at her in the face. She couldn't see my, she could just see my eyes. I was like saucers. <laughs> Cause I had, a, I had a hat on and my mask on Yeah, and I'm like, Oh my God, I love you. And she's no. like, Oh, I love you. She's like, Oh, that's so sweet. Do you want a picture? And I usually don't take photos yeah. with celebrities. And then this one, I was like, uh, Yeah, uh, you can't say no. But in the moment, I couldn't remember if it was Connie or Carney. So <laughs> I was like, Don't say her name. Yeah. Don't you dare. Like, you're having this moment. And <laughs> like, as I know Wilson Phillips, like, I know the whole thing. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to talk about it. But no, I just like blanked on it, but she was lovely and wonderful. So it was great to be back in New York. That's Um, cool. Long way of saying that. Oh, I thought of you. I went and had a banana pudding at Magnolia. Yum. Made me think of our trip when we went for RWA and had, uh, went over there ourselves. So fun. It was so fun. Um, and then I came back to Seattle a few days later, found out that my boss needed help at South by Southwest in Austin. So I found out Friday that they needed me there the next day, flew out, stayed in Austin, Wow! like came in for just a couple of days, helped out and um, came back to Seattle. So it's been, it's been an adventure. That's why it feels like to me, it's yeah. felt like we haven't spoken in a year because I've been yeah. in so many places. <laughs> That's crazy. That's fun. It mm-hmm. like, that feels like the before times. It does. Like it felt <laughs> very before timey. Um, it was a lot of like, well, especially being in Texas where masks are like just a suggestion really. Oh, yeah. It was like the first time I walked around a hotel, like a big public space without my mask on regularly. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I felt very comfortable. I took tests when I got back, but it was, oh, good. Just, it was just like, oh, okay. This is sort of normal and mm-hmm. taking advantage of a dip and just enjoying yeah. it while we've got it. So I, I thoroughly, I'm happy about that, but now I'm still at home bundled up under my blanket. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's so cool. That's so exciting. Yeah. What about you? This. Um, you know, we're pretty good. It's been nicer. Although I say that yesterday it was cold. Um, but today it's back up almost 60. So mm-hmm. the reason I bring this up is because I can like send my child outside Yeah, <laughs> and just be like, yes. go outside, yes. get out be of here. Free. <laughs> yes. Go run around. Um, <laughs> so that's been really fun, but even, you know, I do have to like, when I go to Anderson's bookshop, I have to park in a parking deck and just, Mm -hmm. you know, and walk to the bookshop. And it's not, it's like a block if that, um, and it's just so nice to like not be freezing. Yeah. 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 yeah, For sure. (laughs) Even though it's probably still kind of cold, but you know, but it it is, you can just feel it gradually getting warmer. It's great. So I am, I am ready for spring. In fact, I did go walk around my yard this morning and I was like, are there any green things, but nothing, nothing is coming up yet. I mean, it's still early. It's too early. Are your trees starting to bloom yet? 
No, not really. They they are pretty bare still. Our grass yeah. is surprisingly green. Mm-hmm. Like not a hundred percent. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm just like, yeah, it's pretty green. It looks like all right. So that's cool. We'll see. Yeah, it yeah. is. But yeah, I'm I'm like leaning into springtime. I guess. Yeah, I'm ready for spring. <laughs> well, today yeah. we're recording. Um, today is the first day of spring. Yes, or yesterday. It is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Maybe yeah. something about something, some sort of spring is happening. Spring yeah. is sprunging for sure. <laughs> yes, that, that is a hundred percent correct. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, what is a good thing that you've achieved this week, Gwen? Let's see. So, um, I set myself a little goal last week cause we are doing our big move, um, mm-hmm. in a few weeks from our apartment to another location. Uh, and I made the goal of, of booking the movers last week nice. and I, by Thursday, not even by Friday, by Thursday, you did it, had it done. Amazing. And I, yeah, I was very proud of myself. I've been going around telling everybody. <laughs> so great. that was, that was my big achievement. And I'm very uh, proud. I hope, I don't know what this week we'll just be packing. That'll yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. like the hardest part. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now I have the, now I have the deadline. So I just right. got to make it to that deadline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's the thing you've achieved this week? So I finally started to work on my round second round of book two revisions. I've yeah. had them for like a week <laughs> and I was just like, I, I don't know. I don't even know why I was just, I don't want to, I don't want to look at it. Um, <laughs> so I didn't. And then But then I was like, no, like I have a deadline. My deadline is not like looming. Like my editor Mm -hmm. is very wonderful and gets me things. I say this and who knows it could change, but you know, she gets me things where I have time, which is so Um, good. And, and I'm definitely the type of person I have, like, I have to work on something and then I have to like, leave it alone. Mm -hmm. And then I have to go back to it. Like, it's just, it's torture, but it's fine. (laughs) It's what I do. And it's your process. Yeah. So, but yeah, so, I mean, I'm going through it. I've been taking notes. I really haven't started like making the actual updates, but I've been taking a lot of notes and like ideas and, you know, like I have kind of a running document for my editor. If I have any questions, like Mm -hmm. I'm just trying, I'm trying to be organized and like calm and, you know, go from there. So, yeah. So it feels good to just like be starting it, even though it's like, who knows when this book is coming out? I have no idea. It could be two and a half years from now. No, I <laughs> doubt it would be that long, but you know, sometimes you, you never know. Um, enough. yeah, but yeah. So like I said, it feels really good to be working on it. So that's great. Both of our achievements are things though, that are ongoing, which we will need self-care for mm-hmm. because they are mm-hmm. like these two big endeavors. And so we thought it would be fun because Kate Spencer, our interview guest is the host of forever 35, which is a self-care podcast. So it's yep. like literally it's log line. We thought it would be fun to dive into self-care because self-care is something that we talk about every episode, every episode in more ways than just like talking about what's bringing us joy. You know, like it's just, we do talk a lot about the things that we do that help us or we t- mm-hmm. that take care of or that help us take care of ourselves. And I would say recently, probably in the last decade, self-care has become like marketing jargon, you know, it has become a thing that I don't know. There, there is some weird parallel or combination or merging of like self-care and probably like the beauty industry is probably the most direct one, but even the types of clothes you get or why you go certainly like why you you go to Starbucks for a treat or whatever it may be. But I also think too, this is like another level or layer Mm -hmm. that's like the pandemic, I think made a lot of people step back and think about, okay, like I'm in this high stress situation constantly, like what can I do to chill out? Um, so yeah, we thought we would talk about it and think about it in lots of different ways. <laughs> yeah. And maybe swap ideas of new ways that we can uh, yeah. come up with refreshing our own self-care mm-hmm. for at home. Yeah. But um, I loved with, uh, I loved how you structured today's episode too, of like, let's Thank just talk you. about our, how, how, and when 
self-care became a priority. Self-care, I think consciously, like really, like I was like, I need to make an effort to do this Mm -hmm. was once I had a kid because Mm. those first two to three years of motherhood for me was very all consuming Mm -hmm. and I needed to figure out, but I I guess I had the wherewithal to be like, I don't feel like myself. Like I feel like I am just being a mother, which is important. And of course, especially when you have like an infant and even into toddlerhood, you know, you just, it's like what you're trying to keep this tiny person alive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, you know, I had to figure out ways to make sure I was still myself. Yeah. And so one of those things was really making reading a priority. I mean, I just remember like reading for me was always a thing I did and mm-hmm. it completely tanked when I had a kid and it was really it was like setting a good read like I said a good reads but I'd never done that I was like who cares how many mm-hmm. books I read what does it matter I'm just gonna read what I want to read but then I set I set a good reads goal one year and every year since then it's gone up um and yeah, and I just continue to read more. And then I, then the other thing for me too, was I started finding more freelance work. And a big part of that, which I know I've told you many a time was working at Fresh Fiction was just mm-hmm. like, this is something that I can do. And it's, and it, it was thankfully flexible enough that I could still, cause I mean, when I started working at Fresh Fiction, I think Ivy was like almost two, two and a half. Wow. Yeah. She was little. little. Yeah. So she's like, in a, she's like a young adult now. <laughs> well, she's, she's seven. She's definitely got the attitude of a young adult mm-hmm. right now. Whew. Anyway. Um, no, seven, seven is actually a really great age. I'm really, she's like really awesome. But some days I'm just like, we are, we are ready for you to be a teenager. Cause mm-hmm you think you are one. But yeah, so so those were all th- it was like finding things for myself, but it also wasn't going to like take away from my family or yeah. something. You know, like you have to think of it's all about balance cuz obviously like I totally 100% deserve to have like things just for myself, but mm-hmm. also I do have a family that I have to take care also of. Also care for. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what about you? When did self-care become a priority for you? So let's see. So for me, it was, I was always obsessed with like Gwen time. And I think that that had to do with like my brother and I have such a big age gap between Mm. us. So I spent a lot of time alone, even though I was, was, and still am very extroverted. Mm -hmm. I really still liked my alone time or my imagination time, or like I like to call Gwen time now. Um, And a lot of that was spent in the bathroom because I was again, like my own private sanctuary that I would have to myself. And it would be like, because of that, and maybe I'm just a vain person. I would just stare in the mirror or spend time in the shower. (laughs) And then I would, I would read everything under the sun, 17 Mm -hmm. magazine. So like being inundated at a young age with like beauty magazines, it's hard to avoid, like put moisturizer on your face from like the age 12 on. Mm -hmm. So I was like, always I just like, as we were coming up with these ideas, I just remember spending time rubbing like all of my mom's moisturizers all over my face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Be like, I get out of the shower and just, or I take like a very long bubble bath. And then I would just be like, I want to be like mommy and rub like all over my face. I love that. So, um, uh, but then later when I went to college, I just, I, I guess I rediscovered my love for naps, um, mm. during my sophomore year. Cause I would, I had Mondays off. And so I would just like rent a weird movie from the library and take a nap during a movie, which is now yeah. probably still what I do every single day. I get off, <laughs> I eat dinner, I sit on the couch at eight o'clock and I fall asleep watching some random movie. (laughs) And that's just like my self-care is I love, I just love naps. I think that they're kind of the forgotten hero of the self-care world because it is incredibly self, you know, if you think about it, like so many people have guilt involved with naps Mm -hmm. because they're like, how do you have the time to come up with, to be able to even like give yourself the peace to take a nap, either be a 30 minute nap or a two hour nap or whatever your body needs. Mm -hmm. Um, or like, I know you're not a big napper because it's just hard for you to fall asleep and like to shut your brain off in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like my husband's the same way. So, but it's, it's like, there's just something nice about turning everything off. Yeah. Even if you could just do it for 20 minutes and just do like a quiet, I don't know, count. 
And that's- something. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like, I, I don't know. I physically cannot nap. It's mm-hmm. just like, not my body is not built that way, but I definitely understand the appeal of like, not really doing anything. Like, I don't even like, even to me, like meditating is like still doing something, mm-hmm. but I definitely will just like sit and like stare out a window for a yeah, while love and it. just, and that's just it. That's yeah, what I do. So but I agree. So I mean, naps are really important again, as someone who lives with a seven-year-old, even seven-year-olds who think they don't need naps. They need, need them naps. the most. They need them the most. And also my husband is the type where he can, he will go to sleep anywhere. Oh, jealous. Yeah. Like it does. We could be in a stranger, like someone we are just meeting for the first time. Mm-hmm. And if for whatever reason he could take an, he would, he would take a nap there, you know? <laughs> I love it. I relate. We, I'm that yeah, person. I just, I don't know. It's also kind of annoying, but yeah, it's, it's probably one of the most disgusting habits. The people who could like, as a person who can just fall asleep within yeah. like three minutes, and it mm-hmm. always feels like torture. And then I realized like, oh, it only took me like a minute and a half to fall asleep. I'm like, yeah, no, it's, it's annoying for everybody around you <laughs> yes. because like, yeah, it's awful. It's also slightly rude. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. <laughs> I'm abandoning really your partner. I'm abandoning you in the, but I the think that alone. it's important that you recognize that Gwen. <laughs> yes, I do. Cliff I, is I, very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like my husband, I will like, you know, I'll be like, blah, 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 talk, talk, talk. I'll be quiet for 30 seconds and I'll look over and he is like out. And I just, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was going to like continue to start. I was going to ask you a question. Nope. I guess it's not happening. I was going to get to know you tonight. Nope. Yeah, not at no, all. It's not mm-hmm. fine. You're going no. to bed. Great. Cool. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. How has self-care changed for you during the last few years? So I, um, I think for me really, it's just that I talk a lot more about it. Like, Hmm. I think that talking about self-care, encouraging people to do it Hmm. and being more people being open and perceptive to it or, uh, yeah, perceptive to it. So it's like, it makes it feel more just in the zeitgeist and more conversational. And I think that makes it more acceptable. So really that's like the way that it's changed the most. So even though I am still taking naps at the drop of a hat, like people are like, "Eh, it's just part of one's personality. It's fine. And I'm also kind of more aware of the positive and negative effects that self-care can have. Um, and also in how important it is to containing a a consistent Mm -hmm. relationship, because like you do need to make time to do it. Yeah, And you need to be able to tell your partner or the people in your life, like, no, I, I need to go and have alone time. Right. Mm-hmm. And not hurt their feelings. I think that yeah. it's just kind of being aware of those things too. So talking about it more makes you just a little bit more aware of how important it is yeah. for yourself. I love this. And I, cause I think it's so fun when we, like, we always wrap up our interviews with asking people mm-hmm. like what is bringing them comfort and joy, which really is like, we're asking them about their self-care. Um, and and they, and people get so excited, like, it's, but, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I read a lot. And then they'll be like, oh, wait though. You know, yeah. like I found this blush that I remember Talia Hibbert when uh, we asked her and she told us about the blush she loved, like she was so excited. And yeah. I think that that's really cool. Um, yeah, it's fun to bond yeah. over those things. I like sure. that talking about it. And I, and I do think that that is kind of the good thing about self-care and I, you know, and I think like, obviously like we've, we've mentioned forever 35, but there are other, um, you know, what's interesting. It's like, kind of like the, there's been this rise in like shopping podcasts. Yes. So like, she thinks just bought it. And there's another one called add to cart. And even I've mentioned this podcast before fat mascara. Like, I mean, they're just talking about beauty products, you know, and it is, so it's kind of a shopping podcast, but what's interesting too, is like how that morphs into, oh, well, yeah, I like, you know, it, it, it morphs into something more. It's not just like, oh, this is what I bought, but it's like right. why you bought it what it, what value it adds mm-hmm. to your life. It's not like, just the superficial. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that self-care isn't just about the superficial anymore. Like, I think there's yeah. like, there's an actual reason behind it and there's smart people mm-hmm. that do it no matter what. So it's, you know, it's, in a way it's like the patriarchy or men have always said like beauty and natural standards are just like what you're supposed to expect as a woman mm-hmm. and what's and like, no, it's like, we're smart too on top of that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. I think similarly to how we were talking just about naps, like I am very aware of how quiet and or alone Mm -hmm. time is like a necessity in my life. And I think 
like I I can't remember what my mom and I were talking about and this is probably like a year ago but I just remember like when I was growing up like without a doubt everyone would say I was shy and I was like well no I wasn't necessarily shy Mm -hmm. I was introverted but that Mm -hmm. like wasn't a word even in the nineties that people used to describe other people, like maybe in a kind of a clinical sense, right. You know, or like a psychology sense or whatever, psychiatry or something like that. But like, I just remember like when I figured out what it meant to be introverted, I was like, well, that's me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. Because like in the right circumstances, I was very talkative and Mm -hmm. outgoing even, but for them, but then there were times where I was just like, yeah, no, like I'm, I'm done with this. Like, and I, I definitely got to that point, like at parties or like, even like when we're just out and about, even like at the grocery store, I'm just like, all right, let's get through this. I need to, we need to go home. There's too many people Mm -hmm. (laughs) or whatever it may be. Yeah. I had that very thing happen to me yesterday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or even, yeah. Cause like we've been, cases are down in our area. So we have been like going out to Mm -hmm. eat more with Ivy and Ivy. Like, I, I don't know. I can't decide if I think Ivy is like, somewhere in the middle between between being introverted and extroverted because like she, but also it's been years since we've like consistently gone out somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. she's like, she's so excited. And I'm just like, yeah, this is great. But also like, all right, there's like, a lot of talking. Down. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> a lot of talking happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, that's what yeah, you said so, to put your interviewer hat on and just start asking her lots of perhaps, questions. Perhaps, yeah, that's what I should do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing with self-care for me is just like having that alone time. And I think a lot of times being by yourself or having that quiet time or vegging out time, even for me, it's definitely, it is like a reset, you know, mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, like I'm going to refill my well so I can be around other people. Absolutely. Have to clean all the spoons. Cause you know, yeah. when you run out of spoons, you gotta <laughs> do the lawn, do the dishes for more spoons. Definitely. <laughs> so funny. what are some of your self-care practices? Yeah. Okay. So I definitely start and end each day with reading. It's just, it's, I think I've been doing this since I learned how to read. Yeah. <laughs> um, And yeah, so like first thing in the morning, I mean, now I, during the week I do do like a jogging workout, but I have a setup where I can be reading while I'm jogging. It's probably why I jog so slowly. Um, (laughs) It's fine. And, and then, yeah, even if I'm like super tired and I only read a paragraph before I start to doze in bed, but I always, that's how I end my day. So that's there. I mentioned, I, yeah, I work out every weekday morning. So sometimes I think, and like self-care can oftentimes be like pigeonholed, pigeonholed into like the frivolous little things mm-hmm. that we do or like a face mask, you know, or like, yeah, like a sheet mask or whatever, or a mud mask or you know, indulging in chocolate or whatever. But I also think that self-care is sometimes the things that like, you just, you know, you have to do to like, be kind to your body. So like, for me, it's like working out in the week. Like, I don't like working out, but I still do it. Flossing. Yeah. It's like, I hate flossing, but I gotta, (laughs) and I think part of that though, is like the high of my dentist being like, Oh, you've been flossing, Mm -hmm. you know, like I feel very, very proud of myself. Um, when that happens. And then also I drink us, I drink so much tea. We, we talk all the time about tea. Um, we still probably should have a tea episode. I know um, it's coming up. I'm just thinking, I'm like, yeah, yeah, a tea we should figure this out. Uh, but yeah, I drink, I mean, I drink a lot of tea. I've been trying to drink more water, but I also feel like, especially like herbal tea when it's not caffeinated, mm-hmm. it's still like very good for you. Yeah. It's, it's basically water. So those are some of the things, I mean, I do, I have like a skincare routine, but it's boring. I don't try to make myself sleep a certain amount of hours per day. Yeah. Like I just don't. Yeah. I it's yes. It's too much pressure. And I think if I think about it, I'd probably be depressed because I don't sleep very much, Mm -hmm. (laughs) at least not right now. Um, but yeah, those, those are like the big ones. I mean, reading is like, I think is my biggest 
form of self-care. It's just, it's what I do. So yeah, I love that. What are your self-care practices? So let's see. So my big thing is I try to, I love, I have just in here, drink a glass of water. Let me expand on that. It's more than just the one glass. (laughs) Um, I, every time when I I wake up around like five, five 30 and I Mm -hmm. have my morning bathroom and I have my alone time and in that time before I usually go back to bed, I try to drink a whole glass of water, like Mm. a nice cold crisp glass. Cause even if I don't get, I, my stomach's always like icky in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I can't really drink a lot of stuff unless it's yep. warm. So it's like all these situations, but I try to do that. And I've noticed over the last year or so, that's been really great. So I love awesome. that. Um, I wash my face with a cloth, mm. uh, with either a nice scratchy washcloth, like a hospitality. I think they, mm-hmm. they are the best. Um, but I also love a makeup, the makeup eraser cloth. Yeah. I've just noticed in the last years that I've done, like, as soon as I made that switch, that was mm-hmm. so important to washing my face and just kind of keeping the wrinkles down, making a regular schedule to cook and clean on Sundays. Yeah. Uh, like, I think you really hit on the head when you said it's about resetting. And mm-hmm. I find like every Sunday I need that time to reset and cooking, even if it's just like making broth for like the next few days or yeah. stock for the next few days or um, like reheating something or making a casserole. Like it's just having that those, those few hours where I'm like, this is what I have to do. It just makes me go, okay, Mm -hmm. this is Sunday starting a new week and just hitting all those notes for there. And then just like you said, reading is, has always been your self-care for me. It's always been TV. TV has always been my best friend. Um, so watching TV is my self-care routine at all times every day. (laughs) Awesome. These are great. I hope people will share their self-care practices with us too, because I would love to know more. Yeah. That's really fun. And I mean, we're, you're about to hear her, but I mean, I highly recommend listening to forever 35, Yes, which is hosted by Kate Spencer and her podcast partner, Dory Shafrir. They really, I mean, they, they, first of all, they interview like amazing people, but they are really smart about who they bring on and how they, how they, you can tell they take care and they think about how they talk to people about their self-care practices. I think it, it's really interesting. So the more awesome. people listen to it, the better. So we are going to take a quick break and then we will be back with our interview with Kate Spencer. Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast, Kate. We are so excited to chat with you today. I'm very excited. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so your debut rom-com in a New York minute is set in one of, I know, our personal, me and Gwen, our favorite Mm -hmm. cities, as is for most, uh, many people, I should say, New York City. And one of my favorite things about your book is like the love you have for NYC Mm -hmm. rings loud and clear. Can you tell us about your relationship with New York? Oh, Yes, I can. I'm, I moved to New York city out of college. I graduated college in 2001 and I moved to New York city about six weeks after September 11th. So it was a really obviously complex time to kind of arrive in New York and in the midst of this massive collective grief, um, Mm -hmm. and sorrow and, and also kind of resilience that was happening. And I just, I had never ever felt uh, my whole life like I belonged somewhere. And the second I got to New York, I just instantly felt like this was it. Like I was, I just felt accepted in a way that I had not felt uh, growing up or where I went to college, even though I, I had wonderful experiences, there was just something different. And I got to New York and I was just literally, it was just overwhelming. I don't know how to describe a city being like supportive of who I was, but that's what it felt like that, yeah. makes, that, that if you can kind of, you know, imagine that. And I, you know, I took a job, I worked in retail, I had an internship and I started taking improv comedy classes and mm-hmm. lived with two of my close friends from college. And it was just, it was just un- incredible. And I, I feel like New York is responsible for really giving me the life I have now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a really special place to be at any time in your life. But I think especially when you have like no money and <laughs> minimal responsibilities, mm-hmm. 
it really is fantastic. And I also think living there in the aughts was really fun. You know, and no one had like phone cameras on their phones. Um, it wasn't what it is like now. I, I moved in 2011, so I can't truly speak to what New York is like now, but <laughs> when I lived there, it just felt like it was a really kind of magical time to be there slash hard. New York is yeah. hard. Yeah. Well, that aligns perfectly. Like with my next question is I want to know what you miss living a miss about living in New York, but well, answer that first. And then I have a follow-up. <laughs> I mean, the list is very long. Mm-hmm. I miss specific things like the park slope food co-op. Yeah. And I miss great and LA has public transportation, but New York, it was, it's just so seamless. Mm-hmm. I miss the feeling of walking from the train, the Q train down seventh Avenue in Brooklyn to my apartment when it's spring and all the trees are blooming. And I, I just, I mean, I miss like those feelings. I miss when the Q train comes out, uh, on the um, Manhattan bridge yeah, and all of a sudden you're, and then you get cell phone service and then there's the city. And I just like, I, I miss the everyday moments of being a New Yorker. I miss the energy and not like the energy of like the cabs, but like just there's a saltiness to New York (laughs) where New Yorkers are unfazed, but they're also the most like generous, Mm -hmm. helpful people in the world. And I, I, and there, but there, there's no bullshit. And that feels very universal. New Yorkers are incredibly diverse, but that kind of feels like an umbrella personality. Yeah. And I do miss that. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles is very, Los Angeles is great, but it's very different. Yeah. Um, and I also, you know, I miss that feeling of, um, you know, I could walk out of my apartment at four in the morning and go to the bodega on my corner. And just, <laughs> there was always, there's always something happening. There's always a place to be. It always, I never felt alone, even when I was alone. I I could go on and on. I could also almost (laughs) cry talking about New York. I know. I know. I miss it. I, I literally, I finished your book and I was like, I am going to New York this year. I don't care what it needs to be. I got to go. Um, so my follow-up question, okay. When I was reading kind of the inciting incident of how your two Mm. main characters meet, it was one of those things, like, I didn't go through that exactly, but like the feeling of, and it's, I think it's specific kind of to cities like New York and I'm outside of Chicago, but it's like, just when one thing after another just keeps happening and it's so wrong and you, all you want to do is just sit down and cry. I mean, it's nice for Franny because there's a very handsome man with a very expensive coat that, or jacket that he like lends to her, but I want to know, like, what do you hate miss about New York? Oh, oh, I mean, I could go on and on. (laughs) I mean, this is the thing. Like, I hate the feeling of carrying 40 pounds of like groceries. Yeah. Way your hands (laughs) are gripping and you're sweating in a jacket because it's January. But you're I mean, I I hate it. (laughs) I hate waiting for the subway and then it arrives and it's too full and you can't get on. Yeah. I, I worked in Times Square for many years. I worked uh, at VH1. So Viacom's um, office is right in the center of Times Square. And having to commute to the Times Square subway station, it will, it just like chips away at your humanity. Yeah. So those things, you know, I miss, I don't miss the smell of like body, body fluids um, <laughs> and, and things like that. I don't, I, you know, I, there's, I don't miss like, my apartment, you know, like the hat, the tiny sink and the toilet where like, you couldn't, you t- I mean, like, you know, I had like a shower tub that you could barely get into and the roaches would cut like stuff like that. I mean, I live in a, I, now I live in a house with a yard that is amazing. Yeah. And I have a car to put my groceries in and I feel very fortunate. So the challenges of New York do make it really hard. Mm-hmm. Shitty old radiators. Mm-hmm. I mean, like things like that. Two hour commutes on the subway when the train's going local. I mean, just sometimes New York is so fucking hard. Oh, can I swear? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Sometimes New York is just hard. Yeah. It's just hard. It's expensive. It's frustrating. Yeah. It's cold. (laughs) But also the best, right? Also the, I mean, but also the best. Yeah. (laughs) 
And it's fun. You know, I can romanticize it now as a writer. And I tried to, I tried when I was writing this to make it feel, to make it as close to the actual experience of living there and the, and the hard, you know, like the hard moments, because I have had those moments of like, you know, I've had awful moments in New York, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been groped and I've been, uh, you know, like something breaks and you all of a sudden, like, you can't, like your pants aren't working and, you know, and you're in the (laughs) middle of, you're an hour from your house. I mean, New York is, it can put you through the ringer. Um, and so it's fun to romanticize it, but I also did want to just try to capture what it is actually like to, to be there, Mm -hmm. but also make it sparkly. Like no way would I have the apartment that Franny has. Like that doesn't, (laughs) that's like fantasy, like the friend's apartment above central perk. Like that doesn't exist. That's creative (laughs) liberties. Yeah. It it was fun to just like kind of make it sparkly in that way. Mm -hmm. Well, and we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but Franny and Hayes are hunky, hunky uh, man with a uh, cool coat. He, they have a viral meet cute meet disaster on the subway. Where did you get this idea from? Well, a few places. I don't know if you recall the plane bays story from maybe mm-hmm. like five years ago. It was, that was happening. I feel like around a time when we were really, or when people were really starting to like editorialize other strangers moments and turn them into stories for social media. And Plain Bays was kind of the biggest one. And I had followed along with that. And because I am, I'm a romance reader, writer person, like anything I hear about or read, or if someone is telling me a story, I immediately find like the, the romance in it. I don't know if you all do this too, where yeah. like someone can be like, oh, I was getting Absolutely. a bagel and they gave me the wrong cream cheese. And I'm like, Oh, but the, but did the person making your bagel, like, did you have a connection? Like, I just, I only care about the romance. (laughs) So I, I was intrigued just about what that would be like. And also what it would be like if it actually did kind of work out. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I had a friend who, um, accidentally kicked a woman's shoe, her sandal off her foot into the subway track. And, she just took a t-shirt out of her bag and wrapped it around her. And he was all apologetic. And she took a t-shirt out of her bag, wrapped around her foot and went to work. And they both tweeted about it. And then they were like reunited. Um, And I think they both went on New York one and like someone found the shoe. So I was dying, but my, my friend who this happened to, who was a man and the other person was a woman, he had a girlfriend, like it wasn't romantic at all, but at my grade, I was like, this would be the best beginning to a romance. And Mm -hmm. so those two, those kind of two things just started marinating in my brain. Mm -hmm. Like what, what if you had this amazing meet cute? That's so like, movie like but then you don't but then like you kind of don't even like each other but everyone wants you to and like how does that (laughs) how does that work what happens yeah Yeah, I love it well (laughs) and then um a follow-up to that is what are your thoughts on people live tweeting observing other people's dates or interactions you know I don't think it's appropriate and I have done all of those things. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And, Feel the same too. <laughs> yeah. And I think I've I've had to really reflect on how I use social media and how I um use it like how considering other people's uh the other people, strangers who might be involved because ultimately yeah, yeah. there's so much project like I think anytime these things happen, like the plane based story, like there was projection and a story was put upon these two people and it wasn't the reality of what was happening. Mm-hmm. And then these two strangers had to deal with the sudden fallout of being internet famous and they, neither of them asked for it. And, and that to me just kind of made me reflect on how I wanted, you know, like, do I want to live? Like I've definitely live tweeted, like, Oh, someone's having, looks like they're having a bad date next to me. Yeah. Um, and I actually, I've been off Twitter for many years. I still have an account, but I don't tweet because I was so addicted to Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's our urge to tell stories and also to like sensationalize. And I fully understand it because I've done it, but I think, um, ultimately I don't think it serves anybody. I think it's a violation of privacy. But yeah. it's also fr- really hard. We're in public places and we all are, this is how we all live now. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's very, it's a very complex issue. And I think mm-hmm. it's only going to get weirder as we get more online. Yeah, yeah 
Totally. Do you, as, as someone who's a writer, and obviously people know who you're a writer, do you ever get like people who are like, well, you put me in your book, right? Or this character is based off of this person in that, you know, or whatever. That's so interesting. So this is my first fiction book Mm -hmm. and I wrote a memoir and I did put people I knew in real life in my memoir. (laughs) So, and I, you know, like I didn't, I I didn't use their real names and I tried to kind of, you know, cover up who they were in, in situations where they might not be reflected well. Um, but no one has ever said that. I mean, the, the truth yeah. is in this book, these people are like, you know, they're all just made up in my head, but the friendships I think really are inspired by my friendships that I had in New York city. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't think I realized it until I was in the middle of writing. And then I got very emotional because I, I have two best friends who I lived with in New York when I first moved there. And then and I dedicated the book to them, but they don't know that yet. Um, <laughs> but, and to my husband, my other New York yeah. person. Um, but yeah, they like, that is kind of, it's not based on them at all, but it's, but it's kind of based on the essence of what it feels like to kind of have that, mm-hmm. those relationships that are so intense and strong. And like, you're, you know, your family, you're this yeah. chosen, this idea of a chosen family. I love that. Um, Okay. Also, you just like teed up the next question mm-hmm. beautifully. Wow. <laughs> I was like, that... did she just answer I the know. question? Wow. <laughs> but my question is, is about the friendships in this book. Yeah. That was so important. And Franny especially has two amazing friends, Cleo and Lola, who support her, but they also put her in her place. I think, yeah, especially when she, like when she needs to be, which I think is a really good sign of a good friend. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But so why was it important? You kind of answered this, but we can talk about it more, but why was it important to show Franny's other relationships um, in a really significant way? Well, you know, ultimately I think, I think this is being done so well in romance is that romance books are about so many other things, right? Like Mm -hmm. Romance passes the Bechdel test way more than like other things in mainstream pop culture. People, people outside of the genre don't quite get that, but I, I just felt very strongly that this was, it was, this was a person who had like, had a strong connection to their friends. Mm -hmm. And that to me is kind of how you get through these moments. Like anytime something nightmarish has happened to me, I immediately take it to the group chat, yeah. you know, like, or I call some, one of my best friends or like it, that's just, that's just how I get through every shitty thing in my life. Mm -hmm. So I wanted, I wanted her to have that kind of relationship, but to be honest with you, it just was, it just felt organic. Like I didn't, I wasn't consciously like, we must have friends. I just, yeah it didn't feel like there was any other way. I wanted both these people to kind of have communities and people who, who, who knew their, like got their true selves. Um, so I don't, I don't know if it was really a conscious decision. I just like writing friends. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to like, kind of create those little circles. Yeah. I think it's also too, I know I've read, I, I've like seen reviews and I think it's, it's kind of, not totally, but it is specific, I think, to contemporary romance right now, that it's almost a red flag when someone doesn't have friends or like doesn't have like kind of a support group, whether it's like cousins or siblings or even parents. Yeah. When they're like completely solitary and you're just like, what, what's the, are you a serial killer? Like what's, <laughs> what's the deal here? Yes, um, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I just, it doesn't yeah. seem realistic to me. Yeah. Um, and it's also, and also like I had actually used the friendship thing as like a plot device and that's kind of gone now, thanks to my amazing editor. But um, it, yeah, I just, I, I think it would be weird if it was mm-hmm. just, this is a book about two people falling in love and that's it. Yeah, It just like, that doesn't, who else is around? Like, I, and I think you make a great point. Sometimes it's family, sometimes it's mm-hmm. colleagues, but there's, yeah, that community really helps like round out the world and you get to know that the protagonist better too, through their friends, or yeah. their, pe- their people, I should say. Mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of friends, you host a podcast forever 35 with one of your friends, Dory. Um, what, what, what has been surprising for you about hosting a podcast? Oh my God, everything. 
I, I mean, <laughs> you know, we, when we started our podcast, it didn't, it was truly my, my first book was coming out when the kind of, I approached her about doing it. And I was in, I was really nervous having a book come out is like incredibly nauseating and, um, Danielle, get ready. It's going to be so fun. (laughs) I'm currently nauseous right now. Um, it's just, it's a lot, it's really overwhelming. And at the same time, um, I think I was really grieving and still am, but was really in a grief state about kind of like, uh, America and where, um, where our country was, this was like end of 2017. And so I, I was like escaping and just like reading about creams and that's kind of like, we would chat about stuff like that. And yeah, that was the impetus for the podcast. But what has surprised me is that it, it has expanded to be about so many things. Mm-hmm. It surprises me that it resonates with people and the kindness and, and generosity of the listeners is yeah. so mo- moving to me. It's not surprising. They're all amazing, but I just, just this idea that, um, that there are people that I haven't met, but who I feel like I know and who feel like they know me. I find that very moving yeah. and, and really cool. And I think that's, yeah. what's so awesome about podcasting is so intimate. Yeah. Um, you know, and I have those feelings about the podcasters I listen to mm-hmm. like where I'm like, they are my best, like we they're know my each friends. other, they're my <laughs> friends. Or like, I'll speak, I'll tell my husband something. I'll be like, Oh, I can't remember who told me this. And then I'm like, Oh, it was, uh, a podcaster who doesn't know me, who told me this <laughs> in a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's just been, um, it's just been awesome, honestly. And like the surprise, you know, also it's, it's hard work. You mm-hmm. all know Yeah. and podcasting when you aren't doing it looks easy and it's <laughs> right. a lot of work. And yeah. <laughs> that was surprising. I thought we would just like chat and throw it send it to the internet. And that is, um, it's now my, like, you know, half of my full-time job is podcasting Mm -hmm. and it's a lot. Yeah, that's great. Um, so we've been, obviously we've been talking about romance this whole time, but one of my favorite things about forever 35 is how you, you've like slowly revealed your love of romance novels. Like I think over the course of the show and now it's just, you're in it and everyone knows. And I feel like you're reaching a point. Like, I feel like Dory is going to convert pretty soon. Um, And maybe she already has, I don't know, but um, you know, so knowing that and now and seeing you release your own is like really special. Like I'm definitely one of those people. I was like, yeah, Kate and Dory, I know them. They're so cool. Um, I've been listening to your podcast for a really long time. So so, that means so much to me. I can't uh, seriously, I I get very emotional about it. So thank you. (laughs) You're very welcome. Um, But I would love to know what are some like recent reads, romance reads that you have enjoyed lately? Okay. I'm going to answer this honestly. And I'm not going to lie. I like wanted to, I was wondering if you would ask me and I was like, I got to prepare this (laughs) list of all these good books. Here's the, here's the honest to God truth. Since thank the week of Thanksgiving, I have been reading nothing but ice planet barbarians (laughs) by Ruby Dixon. Oh yes. (laughs) I've, I've probably read 25 to 30 of these books in the last two and a half months. And Mm -hmm. And so that what I have read recently is hundreds of thousands of words by one author. And I don't, <laughs> you know, there's a part of me that's like, you need to stop and you need to like, there are so many amazing books coming out or mm-hmm. that are out or that have just come out, or even that I came out a year ago that I haven't read. And, but then I'm like, you know what, this is just what is getting me through. I yeah. just, I finish one book and I go on to the next and I am <laughs> deeply invested in these humans and these aliens. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I have to tell you like that is, I've read most of the ice planet barbarian series. And then I'm on to her next adjacent series called ice home. And I'm in, I'm starting book nine. Oh my God. So <sighs> I feel like that's not a great answer. No, you it know, is. It's I a great answer. People, people really have like, I want to read those, but I haven't. And I think it's just one, it, there's so much, but also like the fandom is a little intense mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like scared, but I also am very intrigued. So it's been, you know, I feel such gratitude and I was going to try to like creepily send this message to the author because <laughs> and this is what I think is so magical about books is like, you never know who needs what you've written and how it is helping them. Like 
when she started writing about alien human romance, did she know that a 42 year old woman in California in the middle <laughs> of a pandemic would like rely on them as her joy? Probably not. Yeah. But like that's it's so I get so I that's what I feel is so I'd like that's my favorite part about reading as a reader mm-hmm. and a writer. Um, I'm also, I'm listening to the audiobook of people we meet on vacation. So I, oh, cool. I do have yeah. that going on. Um, and then, you know, a couple books that I have, well, I have a few friends uh, with books coming out and I've loved their books. Um, I really love one of my favorite books from last year was Accident- Accidentally Engaged by Farah Haran. Oh, so good. Yeah. It was just so like fun and flirty. And I, and also like, I love a romance with a food element. Mm-hmm. Jasmine Guillory does great food work in all her romances. Um, and uh, A Thousand Miles by Bridget Morrissey is a book I read recently that's coming out. I want to make sure I'm oh, getting yeah. the title correct. Sorry, I think it's A Thousand Miles. I got to blurb it, which was like, what an honor. Ooh, I know, I know. Yeah. I felt I was, I felt so cool. Let me just make sure that that is the exact title. Uh, a Thousand Miles, yes. And then okay. my friend, my friend Alyssa Sussman has a really great romance coming out called Funny You Should Ask. And, um, that comes out a few weeks after mine, like a month after mine. And that is basically, um, what happens when like a writer who goes to profile a celebrity, like writes one of those amazing profiles that kind of hints at like, did they, or didn't they hook up? And then they, they they reunite 10 years later for her to write another profile on him. It's, it's really fun. Ooh, I like that reunited aspect. That's cool. Yes. I love, I love growth. I love like, Mm -hmm. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Second chance romances. Oh, Mm. like mm, favorites. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, something that we love to talk with our guests about um, is what's bringing us comfort and joy recently. This could be anything from a new recipe, a show, something you did, um, but what's been making you happy? Well, this freaking puppy, I have to say, I mean, I don't recommend getting a puppy strictly for joy reasons because they are so much work, but it has, you know, I'm in the middle of book promo for in a New York minute. And I'm finishing a manuscript that I have to hand in very soon. And so I, <laughs> plus the general stress of the world that you all understand in your mm-hmm. own lives. Um, and so this dog is just like, you have to fully focus on it. Yeah. You can't be on your phone. You can't, you can't do anything, but like focus on if the dog is peeing in the grass in this exact moment. And that has been really, <laughs> really fun. Just mm-hmm. like, it's been a nice, even though I'm exhausted and like tired of cleaning up pee, it has been really, <laughs> um, really special. It's been really yeah. fun. Uh, in terms of like pop culture things that I have seen lately, I mean, God, the Encanto soundtrack is like haunting me, but that's <laughs> really with my kids. Oh, here's something. I've gotten very into this folk singer named Henry Jameson who writes like, I listen to these kind of like indie folk acoustic playlists on Spotify while I write Mm -hmm. his songs kept coming up. And now I'm just like fully into all his music. And he writes really lovely kind of calm, gentle folk, indie folk rock. Um, Yeah. That's great for writing. So I'm loving that guy's music right now too. Love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, we'll link to that in show notes. I'll find. Yeah, I can. I'll find it for. I can find them. And okay, perfect. Um, so you you mentioned you're working on a you know you something due pretty soon. If you can, can you share what readers can expect from you next? Okay, you know this could all change when my editor gets her hands (laughs) on this. Naturally, of course. Um, but (laughs) this is a bit of an enemy's to lovers situation happening, um, Mm -hmm. between two adults vying for ownership of their childhood sleepaway camp. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm (laughs) honestly, I am feeling I'm in the writer phase where I'm like this, what, what have I done? Mm -hmm. I'm not, I can't write what are words, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm, in, phase two. Yep, phase two. I'm in that phase <laughs> and it's been very hard to push through it. Um, and I like, you know, you all get it. Like, it's just, it's that creative self, the self doubt of the creative can be really toxic and hard. And so I'm trying to mitigate that because yeah. 
right now with this draft, I'm like, what have I done? What did I think this was? But I, but I'm also having a lot of fun. There's I'm, my characters are having a lot more sex in this book, which has been really fun than in, in a New York minute, which is kind of closed door. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I did that. It just is how I felt about those characters. So yeah, right now, these guys are just, they're just getting, getting it, which has been fun. <laughs> it's been really fun writing. I'm, and I'm going to have my husband read it this week. So I'm very excited for his thoughts on my scripted sex. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, Kate, before we say goodbye to you, where can readers find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Kate Spencer. That is where I spend most of my time uh, dorking out. My website is katespencerwrites.com. And you can always listen to my podcast anywhere you hear podcasts. It's called Forever 35. And my books can be found anywhere you love to buy books. Hopefully you have a great local bookstore that you can support yeah. or, an, or an excellent cozy library. Mm. those my books are hopefully there <laughs> I love it the nice cozy cozy uh, chair to sit in yeah with like a big yeah. boring fireplace and maybe a cat maybe a cat mm-hmm. yeah all those things I love it well thank you Kate this has been so much fun we could talk to you forever <laughs> thank you so much it's a real privilege to get to talk to you about my book so thank you Kate and Dory are just amazing, amazing podcast hosts, but it was such an honor to be able to have Kate on the podcast and getting, having the moments to not fangirl out with her talking to us. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. So it's cool. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Everybody we're professionals. Don't worry about it. I had to tell a funny story. So everyone realizes that I'm being serious about how much I listen to forever 35. Um, I remember telling my family, like Zach and Ivy, my husband and my daughter, I was like, I'm going to interview Kate Spencer. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and they didn't really say anything. I was like from forever 35. And I just remember they were like, yeah, we know, like we (laughs) hear you listen to this podcast. Like we know, you know, like, yeah, I know Kate has a book coming out and then I'm pretty sure I don't think I'm making this up. Like, I really think Ivy was like, is Dory going to be on too? Oh. Like, like they know, like I, whenever there's a new episode, like it's playing in my house. So yeah. yeah, I, and, and like I said, during the interview, her book is absolutely delightful. So I really hope everybody checks it out. I love it. Okay. Let's talk about goals. Cause remember last episode, we didn't have goals. Mm-mm. to follow up on because we were like we're taking a break and then we we set goals so this week you wanted to start to clean out your closet how did it go let's see um okay so it it didn't go it didn't go at all but that's okay um I I went on a trip <laughs> yeah yes you but have I- a legit excuse but I did. Okay. So here's what I did do. Um, I did bring all of my suitcases from the entire house into the Hmm. primary bedroom and I'm throwing, once I get through laundry, I'm throwing stuff in there. So so yeah, I'm cleaning out. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. What about you? (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I was going to clean my desk and I did not, Mm -mm. uh, it's still a mess. And I kind of have gotten to that point where I've accepted it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because well, and now it's just like I I started this these revisions. Like I'm not I'm not gonna do it. I'm just I'm just gonna make more of a mess because I'm gonna be taking notes. I'm gonna be mm-hmm. like paging through. Oh, and what's so funny about going through revisions for this second book is that I have to remember things that happened in the first book. Yes. Which I don't, I don't remember. I wrote this book in 2019 and 2020. I don't remember what happened in it, even though I just, and then it's like, you just read it 74 times before it got like finalized to go to the printer. But even that was a year ago, really. I'm yeah. I mean, well, it was like earlier. I'm trying, when did I turn those? But still, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's like you look at it and it goes out of your head. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's a phenomenon. Um, but thankfully I have a review copy and I can be like, what did I say? How did I describe this apartment? Like what, what, where is everything? I don't even know. Um, yeah. So like I said, I just, I didn't, and it's probably not going to happen at least not anytime soon. I do need to dust. I need to at least dust it off, but I think the piles are here. Cause I'm looking around. Gwen can see me like 
mm-hmm. perusing Pan- my entire desk. And it's, it's a lot. <laughs> She's like um, panic scrolling the whole desk. It is. It's like panic, but also like, I know it's one of those organized chaos situations. Mm-hmm. Like I know what that pile is. Yep. I know what's over here. Like I know my, the stamps I'm going to want. Cause I have birthday cards to send. They're going to be they're underneath some papers over there. Yeah. I know where everything is. So. And then if I move it, I won't know where it is anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I don't, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I hate <laughs> exactly. that stress. No, I hate that. I thank you. I'm out on that. Yeah. So, all right. So <laughs> we've got to have new goals for this week though. Uh, do you yeah. have a new goal? <laughs> I mean, I did put on here, clean my desk part too, but it's not going to happen. So I'm trying to think of what's a better goal. <laughs> um, you go, I'm going to okay. think for yeah. a second. Yeah, you think for a second. So mine is, uh, you know, I'm moving away from my closet because I, I think that that's just not going to happen. Any, it's not, it's going to yeah. be a last minute decision. Uh, I've, I think what I can do is tackle the things in the kitchen that I don't need. So starting to pack oh, yeah. like the food processor or my KitchenAid blender that just sits or a KitchenAid food. Uh, what is it? Mixer mixer. It just yeah. sits on the counter and looks pretty. Um, my cast iron skillets that also just sit on the counter and look pretty and I never use them. Uh, I'm very scared. <laughs> they, have to, they need to be seasoned. It's a lot of pressure. I don't, I don't like it. Um, yeah, I'm not into that. Yeah. So it is all about packing up the things in my kitchen that I don't need and hope that I don't need them for the next three weeks. I like this. Okay. I'm doing something. Ooh. And I, won't, I won't do this either, but I'm going to put it on here because I've been, I was talking to my mom the other day yeah. and we both were talking about how neither of us read nonfiction very much. Mm-hmm. And I was all, I was kind of like, why do I, why would I read nonfiction? I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, and my mom was like saying how she thought it would just be like nice to like read something different. So I'm not going to like buddy read anything with her. My mother, I mean, I think I've, we've talked about our accomplished mothers. My mother like is a literal genius. Like she really is. Um, I'm not just saying that because too much pressure. No, she's like very smart. So when she Mm -hmm. does read something and we talk about it, she, oh, she's like the type of person in book club that actually wants to answer all the questions. No. And then (laughs) she also always says something and we're all like, first of all, what does that mean? And then we're also like, I never thought of that. Like, that's just Mm -hmm. how she, it's it's everything, every move she makes. It's like, well, what if we did blah, blah, blah. And we're like, why would you even think that? But also that's the best suggestion. That's amazing. So I'm going to read it on, yeah, I'm going to read a nonfiction book, but I may like borrow one from my kid. So we'll be fine. (laughs) It works. (laughs) I was even going to say, if it's just got to be even a step back of being like, I'm going to pick a nonfiction book to read. Ooh, no, I'm going to try to read one. Yeah. No, I, I think, think that's great. I think that's, I think that's good so good. We've got two weeks. I think I can do it. Yeah. I love this. I love this so much. Okay. I gotta, now I got to like write it on my actual to-do list. <laughs> like not just in this document. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Okay. Let's move on to our favorites part, yes. which is what's bringing us comfort this mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is bringing you comfort this week? I am so excited because I have been traveling so much. I've been uh, a hostage on a tube um, (laughs) and I have only had so many movies or shows that I've been able to download on on my Hulu app. So I have been going through my Audible and I started listening. Finally, I know I'm like entering 2019. Um, I started listening to Daisy Jones and the six. Oh, fun. And it's so good. I love it so much. Cause I had watched Pam and Tommy mm-hmm. and then right. I finished that and needed something else. And that was the thing I yeah. had downloaded on my phone. So I was like, Oh, perfect. Staying in the rock and roll scene and, and yeah. staying in Hollywood on the sunset strip. So I really love it. Um, it's, it is going to be turned into a show event or a series yeah. eventually, but for listeners, it's about a, the, the formation and breakup of a band that's very seventies bands, very similar to like Fleetwood Mac. Um, but it's told from different perspectives of all the different band members, but the audiobook is so cool because it's got different actors that do the, the performances and stuff. So I've been loving it. Oh, that's um, cool. It's really a fun way for like to get back into like reading again. Cause I mm-hmm. needed, I had been on just like making the time for it, but now I can do it. Try my audiobook, just trying to get through them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really excited about that. And I love that Riley Keough is playing Daisy Jones. Oh, she's going to be great because she's 
you know, she's the grand granddaughter mm-hmm. of Elvis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's going to be cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, that's really, awesome. I read that book. I think like when it came out, it is very good. Yeah. So that's awesome. So now um, I'm going to read her, uh, as soon as I finish that, I'm going to listen to her other book that came out last summer. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay. So my thing this week is a pair of shoes. Nice. And it's my pair. I just got recently, like a few months ago, got a pair of like the Vans old school, like the black suede ones with like the weird squiggle on the side. I don't know Mm -hmm. how to explain it, but I, because I am very short, I got the platform. It's only, it's like, it's like two inches. So it's not wild, but these are like my new favorite pair of shoes. They're just very comfortable. Uh I've been wearing them at like all of the events where I'm on my feet for hours on end through the bookshop and also just like walking through the neighborhood or wherever. Um, yeah, they're like my new go-to shoe. I really love them. So highly recommended. (laughs) That's so cool. Do do they come in a different color or what color are they? I just got the black ones, but like they come in a bunch of different colors. I may have to get more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A nice spring shoe. I yeah, love it. Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. Well, I think this is it. Yeah. <laughs> we now that we've it. got our now we've got our comfy shoes on and our audio yeah. to listen to and definitely our sunscreen to keep the sun off our faces in the spring. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> definitely wear sunscreen. Everyone mm-hmm. needs it. Um, yeah. as always, you can follow us on all the socials at Fresh Fiction. And I'm at D Jackson books and Gwen, where can everyone find you? You can, you can get me at real Vixen. If you have anything to say, I was going to say, I don't know if we said this in our last episode, but if you disagree with our Oscar predictions, Oh yes. Tell us because I'm sure people have different opinions, but you can always email us at podcast at freshfiction.com. Of course, subscribe and follow rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps. And we will talk to all of you soon. 